Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome to episode 256 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week and I have with me Daryl. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great and I'm very happy to be here. Yes, yes. It's been a while since you've been on sort of before. Six months, right? Yeah, yeah. Is it really that long? Ooh, wow. We really yeah, need to get I'm you looking. on more often. But I, well, one of the reasons I thought it'd be good to have you on this week is because we're kind of in between the two weeks that would have been Birmingham Comic Con and Comic Con London. So, um, oh, yeah. yeah, but obviously none of that is happening right now. But uh, that's where I oh, usually well. see you. So, uh, so I thought it'd be nice to have you back on anyway. So what have you been up to in the intervening six months? Well, I've been working, but, yes. and I've been doing that obviously up to now, but more recently I have been making the best use of on-demand TV, Good. so I've been watching Blood Ties. That is a procedural, supernatural procedural, which stars Christina Cox, okay. and it's her as a former cop turned private investigator due to the fact that she has a degenerative eye condition, so she couldn't be a cop in the field anymore, Right, and she meets a vampire who I think is about 400 years old dashing looks young and they sort of start to work together on supernatural cases okay this is an older series isn't it it's uh yeah, it's, old. it's 2013 I believe it 20, was 2007 was it? to 2008 well, apparently it was, it was. Yeah. set in Canada which is quite nice which makes a difference yes rather than being filmed in Canada and yeah, pretending and being, to, and be, pretending to be New York else, or yeah. something yeah it's also got Gina Holden in it who pops up in a few shows I know that name but yeah yes. it's, it's a lot of fun I'm watching it and I'm watching all these episodes going why is this cancelled this is excellent this, this, <laughs> they haven't had a, there was like one episode that dealt with voodoo which is a bit problematic but other than that it was fine yeah it's amazing what you can find when you go digging through places like Amazon and Netflix well I can remember because I've definitely seen like ads for it way back when hmm. but just, obviously it wasn't airing so I couldn't see it so yeah. I was for okay so I made note of it and when I saw it on Amazon Prime I added to my you know to be watched list yeah so when I had some free time I would jump in and yeah, it's great so far. I hear it ends on a cliffhanger, as these things often do when they get cancelled. So yeah. But uh, yeah. Kyle Schmidt is the one of the male leads in it. Yeah, and he's, he does a gourmet detective, I think. Right, okay. He was apparently in that awful, awful science fiction series, Island, which is on Netflix as well. I watched an episode of Island because I, I saw it and I thought, what's this? So I watched the very first one and it didn't make a lot of sense. No. Natalie Martinez, I think it is from Under the Dome and that other sci-fi procedural show that only lasted a season. APB. Yeah, that's the one. Yes, that's, that's, I'm airing on, yeah. that's on Fox at the moment. They're airing the one and only season of that on Fox over here to fill yeah. some space. Yeah, if you've got Amazon Prime and you like procedurals, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, procedurals, vampires. I, yeah. Yeah, I finished Trilling Adventures of Sabrina. I guess it's part three. I'd watched like the first two or three episodes and then just stopped because I just went, this isn't doesn't seem to be that interesting. Yeah. But then I sat down and resolved to watch all of it, and I did. And it gets a lot better after the first few episodes. It really starts moving. Yeah. It's one of those always going to be annoying protagonists because he's always going to do exactly the opposite of what everyone else tells him to do. <laughs> but the yeah. show itself is interesting. The law they dealt with in terms of Elder Gods, and that's a lot of fun. And the actual show is a lot of fun. I watched a few episodes of it and just decided, it, I mean, I'm not that massively into horror stuff anyway. Way and it's I a sort of I'm not a big fan of horror so but yeah it becomes 
films tend to more of a, like a settled plot that moves forward after the first few episodes. Right. You're not worried about the Monster of the Week stuff, which was in the first season. Maybe it's something I need to go back and look at again. But um, I'll give a couple episodes. But yeah. I can't tell if you don't. Yeah. It's, I, I, it's a weird one. Yeah, I tried the first couple of episodes and then I was just like, yeah, no, I'm not going to go back to this. But yeah, I mean, it was all right. Maybe it's one I go back to when I exhaust my list of everything else that I need to watch. The other one was The Order that just came back season two we literally just premiered a thing last week yes and so i sat down and watched that and unfortunately it's a bit of a letdown oh that's a shame i, I had really high hopes for that mm. talk of friends of mine the first season was a bit uneven right but still enjoyable yeah but yeah this one ugh, it's it's a mess oh dear characterizations all over the place we get strange episodes that don't feel a part of the rest of the season mm. i honestly was looking forward to season two from the finale of season one that's a shame. such a thing and yeah oh well that's a shame it was, wasn't one that I actually kind of got to after the last time it looked interesting but it wasn't one that I got around to but uh, yeah I know yeah, there were some say, fans of it just to explain to people it follows this young guy starting college and his attempt to get into a secret society at this college. Mm-hmm. Secret society is all about magic, and magic is real. Yes. And it follows that. And there's a few more things that you learn about once you get into the first episode. But that's what it's all around. It's a weird one. It's one of those things, again, looked kind of interesting, but didn't grab me immediately. And I, I never kind of went back. And I think I might have watched the first episode or started watching it. And just it was when the first one came like, out. I feel it was like I've been on before and talked about order. And yeah. I think you said you watched the first episode, yeah. I think I'd seen some of it, but it came out when there was a bunch of other things on and it was one of those yes, that I didn't quite did get back to. Yeah, it time. I think maybe a couple of weeks before they were jumping on the Marvel right, um, yeah, shows yeah. from Netflix. I oh, guess well. we just have to look forward to Lucifer for something supernatural that'd be enjoyable. Yes. And the last thing is I was catching up on the Aurora Tea Garden Mysteries, which are these TV movies based on the book series by Charlene Harris same person behind True Blood okay yeah and they've done 13 of them now so the first few were basically versions of the books themselves but now they're going for more original stories okay and it stars Candace Cameron Bure if you're one of those people who watch Murder She Wrote or Columbo or something that you probably enjoy watching this right okay <laughs> the first three or four on Amazon Prime if you're in the UK and the rest are more scattered across various digital channels right okay worth going to look for if you're into that sort of thing so I've been uh, gaming a bit I was playing and I talked a lot about Anon 1800 which I was playing a lot last week I've kind of got to the point where I've done most of the bits and pieces in that so I stepped away from a bit but I was still kind of on an Anon kick so I went to Anon 2205 which is the previous game I think it's the one that was just before 1800 which is obviously set further in the future and it's a much simpler game than 1800 but I'm sort of enjoying that after the kind of frantic plate spinning that 1800 can be because there's quite a lot to do particularly if you've got all the DLC in that game whereas obviously I've got all the DLC for 2205 as well but it kind of flows together a lot easier actually it's a much more simplified game which I know some people hated but I'm actually quite enjoying it having come out of just playing around with the other games and less micromanagement in it which I quite like so I'll be playing around with that and there's also a game called Maneater where you play a shark which is great fun it's sort of done like one of those extreme nature documentary things is sort of how it's presented as a sort of tv show extreme nature tv show like shark hunt sort of thing and you're playing a shark and you've got to go and kind of bite and eat various things that are in the water so that includes things like alligators crocodiles because you're in a swamp when you first start for reasons and uh, uh, as well as kind of obviously other fish and you also get to chomp on a few humans which is quite good fun so uh, yes it's very <laughs> it's very silly but quite enjoyable and uh, I, I'm told that the problem with it is it gets a bit old 
old fairly quickly, but I I did have quite good fun messing around with that. So uh, that's Maneater, which is on the Epic Game Store at the moment. If you want to go find that. Oh. TV wise, I started watching Gangs of London, which I know I'm a little bit late to because it's been out for probably a couple of months by now. Yeah, I've seen the advertisements. Yes, this is the Sky Atlantic series, and uh, it got renewed this week for a second season. And it was the comments that I got on the Facebook page where I posted about the renewal. Every single comment about this is amazing, one of the best TV shows I've seen in ages. And I got it recorded on my Skybox. And I was like, yeah, I don't know whether I'd, I want to watch, you know, London gangster thing. I'm not sure whether I'm going to watch this or not. But I'd recorded it because I tend to record all the new Sky original stuff just to see. I just hadn't got to it. The amount of comments were saying how amazing it was. I was like, okay, I'll go. I've got to give it a try. One of the reviews from one of the national newspapers, I'm not sure which one it was, described it as Game of Thrones without the dragons. And I can kind of see where he's coming from with that. It's really epic in scope. And some of the set piece stuff, particularly big battle sequences, for want of a better word, in it, there are some amazing fight sequences and setups and stuff. From the opening moment of it, it's got a really, really catching... obviously say what it is but from the opening second of the very first episode it's got a really striking visual style to it and that opening sequence is just something that draws you in and you kind Mm -hmm. of want to see where it's going it's incredibly well acted beautifully put together the stunt coordination like particularly on the action sequences like nothing I've ever seen for this sort of drama you know it's the type of thing you do see in Game of Thrones it's that well choreographed it's really really well done for those of you that don't know what the show is about it's about a family who are the premier gang in london we're not talking street level gangs we are talking these are the money people these are the people that are the controllers of the supply lines for a lot of the other gangs for getting their illegal product in and out so they're the linchpin really of the entire organization of organized crime in london it opens with the father. He's a guy called Finn Wallace who's played by the brilliant Cole Meany from Star Trek uh, and yeah. uh, various other things, but Star Trek's probably the thing you know best for. Yeah, it's, it's it, he, it, it starts off with him getting shot. Oh. So that's not really a spoiler because that's that's sort of the entire premise of it. And he gets shot very, very early on. Uh, he gets killed and it ends up with Joe Cole, who plays Sean Wallace, his son, taking over the business. So you've got this sort of setup of this gang, which has this major change and this reconfiguration of the landscape and there is a certain amount of Game of Thronesness even just to that actually you've got Michelle Fairley in there you've got uh, like I say Cole Meany, Adrian Bauer um, Jude Agkaday just some incredibly strong solid actors and it's well well worth watching if you're unsure about you know and you're sort of thinking oh well it's a British crime drama and you know they're 10 to the dozen this is very very different to anything else you've ever seen it's very much on the Sky Atlantic HBO level of quality I'm halfway through the season at the moment and it's just beautifully done I'm really looking forward to watching it for finishing the first season and I'm very much looking forward to a second one because it's really interesting just go watch it it's uh, Gangs of London it's obviously on Now TV it's on Sky Atlantic you can go and download it now can't recommend that highly enough really really solid also on Sky Atlantic they started the HBO Perry Mason series I actually struggled a little bit with this have you seen any of this? can't say I have it seems odd it doesn't seem to be him being a lawyer no it's not him being a lawyer it's him as a private detective and it's Matthew Reese, who you'll know from the Americans he takes the lead role of Perry Mason it's interesting because it was actually it was developed by Robert Downey Jr. with the initial idea of him playing the role in 
in a film version. And you can sort of see him fitting in that. But Matthew Reese does a really good job as Perry Mason. I just found it a little bit too slow. It's one of those sort of HBO dramas that just dragging its feet a little bit. And I kind of want to watch the rest of it to see whether it picks up a bit. But you spend pretty much the whole of that opening episode scene setting. And it's not until right at the very final moments that it seems to sort of start to gather up a little bit of steam. So I'm sort of intrigued because I like the environment. It's set in 1932 after the Great Depression. So it's it's set in a sort of interesting, different world. It's oh, not like yeah. modern, updated version of it. Although the United States is in the Great Depression, LA is in the middle of an oil boom, the film industry, the Olympics they've just had. So the LA actually itself is going through a bit of a boom period, but most of the country isn't. It's an interesting environment to set it up. There is a child that's kidnapped. Perry Mason gets hired as the person to investigate this. He's a very broken guy. He's clearly suffering from some sort of PTSD. He's drowning it in alcohol. And he's a sort of very flawed character, which is nice as a lead. But it just takes a very long time to get there. And like I say, I'm going to watch a few more episodes of it because I don't just want to judge it on the opening episode. But I, I actually was struggling a little bit. It's like, come on, move forward, move forward. So, yeah, um, good cast, though, generally. Uh, Chris Chalk in there. You've got John Lithgow as well, who is great in pretty much everything. Yeah, I enjoyed it, but just found it very plodding in places. So I'm going to try and watch a bit more and see what I think. One of the other things I watched was Most Dangerous Game, which is one of the Quibi series. And as mentioned a couple of weeks ago, now you can actually stream Quibi to your TV, which you couldn't do previously. I'm actually using it a little bit more. And um, Most Dangerous Game, it's one of the Henworths, Liam in yep. this, in the lead role. He is a guy who is suffering from terminal brain cancer. He's a property developer, but they're in a bit of a hole with a bill that he can't get rid of. So he's struggling financially. He gets given this card of this guy who is supposed to be able to help people that don't have insurance. That guy is called, in quotes, Miles. He is played by Christoph Waltz, who does an amazing job. And he meets him and makes him an offer. And that offer is if you are willing to be hunted by five hunters across the city for 24 hours, every hour we will put 50 grand into your bank account and every hour it doubles. So it's 50 grand, 100 grand and kind of goes up from there. And he's desperate and he wants to make sure that he's got money for his family moving forward. So he says yes. And that's basically what the show is. I thoroughly enjoyed it. As you know, if, if it's Quibi series, that means that all the episodes are eight to 10 minutes it's long. It, essentially, it's a movie chopped into pieces is pretty much how it plays out. Um, yeah. You do get arcs over the episode. It's nicely structured and you do get a sort of cliffhangery bit at the end of each episode, which is quite nice. But I kind of binged my way through it in a couple of days fairly easily. You know, you could easily sit there and binge through it in a night without any problem whatsoever. It's really solid and I'm interested to see where they go with it next. I rather suspect that if they do make another season of it, it's likely to have a different lead but keep Christoph Waltz as the character moving forward. I think that's probably quite likely if they're going to carry on with it. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It's uh, 15 episodes, as I say, they're eight, ten minute long episodes. Um, I don't know if you've tried any of the Quibi stuff yet. No, I can't say I have. It's an odd one. It is an odd platform and it's expensive for what yeah. it is. I'm basically waiting for them to bring out The Fugitive which is the Kiefer Sutherland series and it's a sort of remake reversion of The Fugitive that's the thing that I am actually waiting for more than anything else but there's been a couple of decent things on there I watched this and there was a, a uh, another one we talked about a few weeks ago whose name escapes me but uh, that was quite good as well some of the dramas have been quite decent there are things on there worth watching I'm just not convinced it's necessarily worth the amount of money they're trying to charge for it because it's something like 7 99 which is 
quite expensive. There are free trials out there if you want to try it and give a couple of these things a go. They have got some free trials running, I think. If you've got an Apple TV or a Chromecast, you can cast it from your phone to your TV, which originally they weren't allowing you to do, but now they are. They actually blocked the ability to do that for some bizarre reason. They got enough complaints that they actually changed their minds, which I'm very happy about. So I can actually watch it like a normal TV show and not have to watch it on my phone. But yeah, there are a couple of things on there that are uh, are definitely worth watching. So that's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So we start off the TV and film news with some renewals, cancellations and pickups. Renewals, Gangs of London, as I mentioned earlier, that has been picked up for a second season, which I'm very happy about. Lucifer has been renewed officially for a sixth and final, yes, really final this time. They are absolutely positive season, which, of course, the fifth season was supposed to be the final season and then rumours started swirling that that wasn't going to be and they were going to bring back a sixth season. So that is now officially confirmed, but it is going to be the final season. However, we have got season four. Yeah, really happy about that. They have got season five still to go and season five is 16 episodes long, split into two. So it's going to be essentially we've got two seasons of eight coming and then whatever the sixth season ends up being, whether that's another eight or another 10 or 16 or whatever it is, we'll have to see. I'm very happy about this. There's lots more Lucifer on the way and it means that they've got a proper end point as well. Season five, part one is coming on the 21st of August and and they have apparently shot 15 of the 16 episodes. So they've got to go back and finish a little bit on part two. But apart from that, it's all in the can. I love this show, though. It's great. I liked last season. It was it was interesting. Mm. And I think it's in a good spot to continue. Yes. As long as they do more with Amy Garcia's character, because she was chronically underused yes. last season. Yes. She's lovely as well. I've interviewed Amy Garcia. She was only very briefly, but uh, she's really lovely. She's also really lovely. I'm looking forward to that. And I do agree. I'd like to see more of her on screen. She was great. Few cancellations. Council of Dads, which was an NBC show, uh, that's been cancelled after one season. That's a shame, but uh, that's never aired over here. Vagrant Queen, which did air over here. That was on Sci-Fi, and it was on Sci-Fi on both sides of the Atlantic. I did watch the opening episode for this, and it was I a little strange. Well. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, it felt a bit difficult to pick up. It felt like Killjoy to the next level. That's yeah, what it felt like to me. But not as good, I don't think. No, it didn't feel, it definitely didn't feel as good as Killjoys. Now, I liked Killjoys okay. Yeah. But yeah, it was too, it felt like it was starting in like the third season or something. Yes, you did feel very kind of thrown into a middle of a story. And sometimes you can get away with doing that, but I just don't think they pulled it off particularly well. It looked a bit cheap to me as well. <laughs> and also I think it was, it was very strange to immediately spend so much time with the villain. Yeah. If you're going to do something like that, you need to have like four, maybe five different characters to be dealing with, maybe in different places. If you're going to open up a such expansive world, but it was just her and this really overdone villain. There were potentially interesting things with that. I mean, she had a little group of friends and they were in a school and there was, there could have been a sort of Buffy-esque element to that if the writing had been better as well, because they were quite a diverse group that were together yeah. and, you know, with different motivations and stuff. I think there was something in, that you maybe could have got to work there, but uh, sadly it's not to be. That's got canned after one season. And um, not so much a show being cancelled, but channels. All the Disney channels are coming off Sky, BT and Virgin in the UK from September, basically because Disney wanted to change the terms of the carriage deal and they've said no. That seems to be essentially what it is. I mean, if it had just dropped off Sky, I would have thought, oh, well, maybe Sky tried to get them to lower the price. But the fact that it's Sky, BT and Virgin 
imagine rather suspect that Disney went to them and said, we don't want to pay as much. And they went, hang on a minute, no. So I rather think that it's probably Disney trying to get a lower price for keeping the channels on there. But I kind of get that because they have now got direct access to customers in the UK. So you can move everything onto Disney Plus. Yeah. They may still well, come might, to a deal at some point. have it so there's some content on it then. Well, yes, some fresh content. You mean, because their original stuff is pretty thin on the ground. Yeah. But it does mean that anything that premiered on a Disney channel in the UK will premiere on Disney Plus from September now. Makes very little difference to me one way or the other. But those, of you, with, those of you with small children, I would think, yeah. are going to be slightly upset by that. Yes, in trouble. I'm probably going to have to pay out for Disney Plus, unfortunately. Interestingly, the Disney Plus app is still staying on Sky. So you can still get that through your Skybox and you can get it independently as well. So the app will still be there, but you will have to pay extra for it. Unfortunate, but that seems to be the case. Few advanced air dates and pickups as well. Handmaid's Tale, they dropped a little trailer for Handmaid's Tale Season 4 out this week and uh, confirmed that it won't be coming until 2021, which I think is entirely understandable because it got shut down on its filming. So what else can you do? That looks good. The trailer doesn't really give a whole lot away, but, uh, you know, I'm very much looking forward to that coming back. There was a new trailer for Brave New World that came out. Sky One are going to be airing that. They're holding that till the autumn, which I can't of understand because they're going to be shorter programmers then so that would make sense to hold it until autumn and the boys season two got an air date as well which is going to be friday the 4th of september on amazon prime although they're slightly changing the way they're broadcasting it it's only going to be episode one to three which is the way apple have been doing it actually uh it's going to be dropping episodes one to three on the fourth and then every episode will come out weekly on fridays after that i'm okay with that i know some people have complained because they like to just binge their way through it but i i quite like the idea i like the idea of spreading it out a bit I'm I'm okay with that because it gives me something to look forward to. It gives me a bit of time to digest it, which was the reasoning that he basically gave was there's so much crazy stuff in this series that we wanted to give people a bit of a break and time to digest it in between the episodes. And they give them, I don't know, six or several weeks of dodging spoilers because they don't watch TV immediately when it comes out. Well, I rather suspect that that I'm idea... Sure, I'm sure it's better, it works better for their bottom line or for their, you know, for advertising or stuff like that but as a person I prefer watching stuff I can just watch yeah I, it's less to do with the advertising and more to do with the uh, social media engagement yeah because honest, yeah. rather than it just being dropped and then people watching it at different times if you're dropping it on a Friday it means there is a chance that people will and watch it together and there's the issue because when you get that social media engagement that's that's when you're dodging spoilers left right and centre yeah it means you've got to dodge spoilers once a week because everybody it's not like a TV show where people may watch it live and you know the exact time that it goes out yeah. people will you know some people will get up and watch it first thing some people won't be able to watch it until they get home but I guess it's no worse than having something air here the day after it airs in the US or I mean that sort of yeah, that, that's, that's, why like, that's why I don't like that's why I don't like but then you're also dodging spoilers if somebody drops it all at once because somebody could binge their way through it and then see that's much easier to deal with in terms of just muting something I, I Weekly, it's far easier for it to sneak onto your yes because a random story can pop up for like guess what happened this week yeah I know fair enough I actually don't mind the pacing of a sort of weekly thing because it means that I don't feel like I've got to binge my way through it immediately just so I don't get spoiled by stuff and it also it means that because it's spread out a bit more I have more time to think about it and consider it and I think with weekly shows I remember them better when they come back because otherwise I'll binge through the entire series in a couple of days and then it's got to be like 18 months again before I see it again so with this with it being a bit more spread out it's going to be sort of mid-October before it ends so there's at least a few months of it running so I kind of remember things a little bit better I think when they're spread out but there are pluses and minuses to both ways of doing it I think but uh, I thought it was interesting that Amazon have gone down 
down this route. I do wonder whether they're going to carry on doing this moving forward or whether this is just a one-off. But uh, yeah, well, I think it works very well for the boy just because of how incredibly controversial it is. Mm. As well as like social media, that's like however many weeks of YouTube videos even decrying it or praising how yeah. controversial it is. They did a big Q&A as well, which you can go onto the website. If you go and search the boys on geektown.co.uk, they did a big Q&A thing where they had the whole cast, the type of thing that they would usually do in a theatre somewhere, but uh, they had them all on Zoom and um, did a sort of interview behind the scenes with all of them and showed some clips of the new season and stuff. So uh, that's on the website if you want to go and check that out if you're a fan of the show. Other pickups, NBC, after we kind of went through everything last week and we talked about pilots and what had been picked up and cancelled and all that sort of stuff, NBC actually confirmed which pilots they were picking up out of the stuff that they had left over. So they've ordered five pilots, they've rolled five to next season and they've left two in contention. So they had 12 left and that means that there's none out of those 12 which have been completely discounted. They're still looking at all 12 shows. The ones that they've ordered for pilots are Langdon, which is the show which is based on the Da Vinci Code novel series, stars Ashley Zuckerman, who you all know from Succession as Robert Langdon. He's a younger version of Langdon than we've seen in the uh, Tom Hanks films. So this is taking part in, in a earlier part of his life. It's when the CIA forces him onto a task force where he uncovers a chilling conspiracy it's based on the 2009 novel The Lost Symbol which actually in the books takes place later in his life but they're going to do what they kind of did with the Alex Ryder series and they're going to monkey around with the time frame a bit yep. so they're moving moving it so it's going to be that story but earlier in Langdon's life comes from uh, Dan Dorkin and Jay Beatty who are the creators of the Scream TV series and The Crossing That's as well That's not necessarily something you want to tell other people D- No, no uh, and The Crossing as well which only lasted one yeah. Yeah, maybe don't tell them about those. Yeah, but uh, The Crossing was all right, actually. It wasn't that bad. Unfortunately, it was just an idea that had been used 20 times already. They have announced some additional cast, which is uh, Eddie Izzard, who I think everybody knows who Eddie Izzard is, Valerie Curry as well, who was in Veronica Mars, The Following, The Tick. I remember from The Following. Yeah, I remember her from The Following. And uh, she was also Kara in Detroit Become Human, the video game as well. I had that game up pretty good. Yes, it's a fantastic game if you've not played it. But uh, yeah, she's Kara in that as well. It's got Rick Gonzalez in it from Arrow with Mad Dog in Arrow. Simile Montano, who was in Nashville and has done a whole host of voiceover work on a bunch of different things. But uh, Star Wars Resistance is one of the latest things. And Bo Knapp, who was in Seven Seconds and Shots fired as well are also in the cast so they've got quite a good cast together I think for it I think um, Ashley Zuckerman's a quite a good pick for a younger Robert Langdon they missed a trick of not putting Colin Hanks in there I think maybe but you know um, but yeah I, did you fancy a TV series based on the Da Vinci Code? Not really um, <laughs> I probably would give this a watch though Yeah, but it wasn't something that I would necessarily sort of like shout out for but yeah I probably would check it out it's going to be an interesting interesting one I'm not necessarily confident about his chances no and given what they did with the bone collector did that get cancelled that, that got canned Last, that Did got it? canned last oh, week. That's a shame. Wasn't very good though. And I, given that NBC, I think it was NBC that did the Bone Collector. And given this is a similar sort of idea of taking a book and turning it into a sort of weekly crime drama, I does worry me slightly. So it depends how they handle it, but it could be interesting. Depending, you know, if they're going to go more with an episodic thing rather than trying to turn it directly into a procedural, then yes, I'm be interested in it. But we'll have to wait and see see what they do with it again these are only pilots so they might not get picked up to series the second one is called ordinary joe stars james walk who you will know from zoo and watchman but zoo zoo top 10 summer tv show yes of the last 20 years i that love that series wonderfully bonkers um <laughs> so uh, james walk stars as joe and it's a sort of sliding doors type drama which has three different parallel lives of a character after he makes pivotal choices at a crossroads in his life. 
The series asks the question how a different life might look if you made your decisions based on love, loyalty or passion. Choices he makes upon graduation from college change the trajectory of his life and the resulting decisions are seen in parallel time. It's not an entirely original concept because, you know, sliding doors (laughs) is very, very similar to this, but it's got an interesting people behind it. Uh, Russell Friend and Garrett Lerner, who were two of the guys that worked on House, along with Caleb Ranson, who worked on a thing called Diamond Geezer and Distant Shores. Also stars Natalie Martinez uh, from The Crossing and The Island, as we were talking about earlier. Now you're talking. Charlie Barnett, who was in Arrow and You, and Teddy Sears, who was in The Flash and Chicago Fire. Familiar faces in there, I think, definitely. So could be interesting, I guess. I mean, I like Sliding Doors. That was kind of an interesting concept for a film. I don't know whether doing this as a weekly TV series is sort of... I mean, you know, This Is Us has a sort of element of that. I mean, not so much the sliding doors, but the sort of jumping around in time kind of thing. It's that sort of high concept weirdness for what could be a relatively mundane show. So I don't know. Intrigued? I'm a big fan of Natalie Martinez. You know, as I said, I, you know, I didn't put myself through the island. Just uh, (laughs) see her. I like James' work. Um, It sounds interesting. I just wonder how sort of like how snappy it's going to be. Is it just going to be? I guess it's going to be, you know, one of the piece probably like my with a kid, another one. Maybe he's just a bit more free. Just, I do, as you say, wonder how interesting it's going to be after a couple of weeks. Yeah. Once we know what, once we know what the situations are, are we going to go? I would like to know more. But it's going to go. Okay. It's one of those things that it's really, really hugely going to come down to how clever the writing is and how they manage to tie the timelines together in such a way that keeps your interest I can see them doing it and I mean writing on house was great but I don't know it's an interesting one that it's very very much going to come down to how clever they managed to be with the writing of it there is a comedy called Night School that they are piloting uh, comes from the Marlon co-creator Christopher Moynihan it's based on the 2018 feature film revolves around unique meets of adults at night school GED prep class who unexpectedly bond over their share experience and find themselves helping each other's both inside and outside of the classroom stars Josh Segura who is also in Arrow there's a lot of the Arrow stars suddenly finding new gigs now yeah. Orange is the New Black as well he was in Shinola Hampton from Shameless Ian Gomez from Morning Show Colette Wolf from AP Bio James Earl from Wayne and Joe Massingill from Fear the Walking Dead is the cast for that very difficult to tell with comedies but I don't know I never really I saw Marlon so. I guess off the top of my head I would give that a better chance than the sliding doors idea yes I can understand that I feel like I could sell that to people yeah not for me because I have a whole record with watching comedies but yes I think me too. And I hope stuff for Josh Gow because he's like he's a very talented guy and he's also I've seen him at cons, he's a really nice guy. The next one's got an arrow star in it as well. Grand Cree, <laughs> this one's called. All the arrow casts seem to have gone to uh, NBC. But uh Grand Crew, there isn't a whole lot to go on from the description, other than it is a comedy which involves around a group of black friends, their dating lives, and wine. That's literally the entire description we were given. That's weird. Very strange. That's literally the description that was given. It comes comes from Dangor and writer Philip Augusta Jackson. Dangor was co-creator of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So based on that alone, there is some decent quality there. The cast includes Echo Kellum from Arrow, Nicole Byer from Tuca and Bernie, Justin Cunningham from When They See Us, Carl Tart from Comedy Bang Bang, and Aaron Jennings from Pure Genius. So I don't know most of those people. Echo Kellum, obviously, Mr. Terrific from Arrow. Nice to see Echo Kellum get a gig on something. I don't know what else you can really say about that show. Yeah. And the last one is also a comedy. It's called American Auto. Comes from Justin Spitzer, who was the creator of Superstore, set in the headquarters of a major American automotive company in Detroit, where a floundering group of executives try to rediscover the company's identity amidst a rapidly changing industry. I think that sounds like an interesting idea for a setup. It's got Anna Gatzia from the Goldbergs, Harriet Dreyer from the other guys ex Mayo from The Daily Show Michael Benjamin Washington from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt are starring in the pilot sounds like an interesting premise I think it could be quite a good fun and he did such a good job with Superstore that I know has got a lot of love and he's quite popular so could be an interesting
interesting comedy that That's one. Interesting. Yeah. So just looking through, we got one action show. Yeah. We got one drama. Yeah. And the rest are comedies. And three comedies. Three yeah. comedies. I, I and rather no, s- no genre and no genre stuff at all. All the genre stuff has been booted to well, of the, course, yes. Yes. Yeah, so those are the five which they are definitely piloting this season. We don't know when they're going to be able to shoot it, but they've got casts. They are piloting them. We just don't know when for those. In terms of the other stuff, the five that they rolled to next season, one of them was Echo, which we mentioned a bit last week. It's a bit like, as I think Bex pointed out, Quantum Leap or Travelers, but it's set as a crime procedural. It revolves around a team of investigators who solve the highest profile crimes by sending heroes into the past, into the bodies of the victim. They assume the victim's identity and must race against time to prevent the crime before it happens. Comes from J.J. Bailey stars Jenny of Gamvakar. Janina Gavakar from The Morning Show, also Sleepy Hollow, also Star Wars Battlefront. Right. Two, you should know her from. Yes, she's one of the people casting it. Reed Scott from Veep, Richard Brooks from Bosch, and Wesem Kiesch from For the People as well. And Awkward. Uh, yes. Yeah, I remember him. And Awkward as well. Oh, oh so, goodness. I mean... Oh, I, that, I'm going to be brutalised. That sounds terrible. Yeah, I... That, that sounds like it's going to get cancelled. Yes, that, that's got sort of one season written all over it if it gets pe- even gets picked up in the first place. Sounds terrible. That sounds like timeless, but without a really high chemistry trio to keep it going. Well, we don't know. They might have good chemistry. We don't know. And that does not sound good. I'm not entirely convinced. And it depends where they're going into the past. And surely going into the past to mess about to with crime. Does make any sense, yeah. Yeah, it's a weird premise because you're then going back to alter your own history. Yeah. What's stopping you from buying a, like, you know, from a buying a ticket, ticket yeah. and send the money off to your kid or your father or something. Yeah. It's- that's a mess and I, I don't know what they were thinking <laughs> yes that, it, that food to pilot this. there are a lot of potential plot holes in that unless yeah. they found a way of working around it I struggle a little bit with that I find it hard to believe that at NBC's network meeting whatever of all the sci-fi and genre shows they felt that was the best one that came to them I yeah. know two years ago one year ago whenever it happened because I just don't believe it yes that's called Echo anyway and that's that's been rolled to next season uh we've got one called at that age which is a drama it's from carla banks waddles who is the creator or one of the writers of good girls which i know is very popular it's an exploration of african-american families legacy after the cooper family's golden child suffers a catastrophic event seven family members face a foundational shift to make life-altering decisions and deal with deep secrets coming to light so i mean it sounds like a pretty standard set up for a family yeah. drama that that sounds yeah that sounds like a no, like a this is us it sounds like a really melodrama you're going to be crying a lot so yeah I, think so. I mean so yeah I think so I would say that's got a pretty decent chance of finding itself at our thing yeah I mean it's the type of thing that goes down quite well on NBC as well so that's got a possibility there are some comedies there is Crazy For You which stars Shelley Henning from Teen Wolf Teen Wolf yeah as she's great uh, Daisy who with her life story re-enters the dating scene and discovered that while she was out of the game the game sort of totally completely changed realising she's a bit rusty being normal and appealing on first dates she needs the support of her friends as she strives to succeed while being her true self in today's quick to dismiss dating culture I mean again that just doesn't have anything that really grabs me but no, it is it sounds like every other comedy that features a young woman Nita. yeah I'm not convinced by the premise of it it is from uh, Lorne Michaels who is the god behind SNL and Seth Meyers as well is one of the producers on it so fine but doesn't really leap out at me as being something that I'm particularly interested in and then there's Jeffries as well which is another comedy we mentioned this a bit last week uh, it's written by Jim Jeffries and Susan Martin from Will and Grace and Frasier it stars Jeffries as a fictionalised version of himself comedian with a unique and often controversial take on modern life relationships and co-parenting with his best friend played by Breaking Bad and Life in Pieces star Bexy Brandt I would quite happily watch this because it's got Jim Jeffries in it and I do think he's very very funny I think he's a brilliant stand-up comedian it's the same thing we've seen with things like Curb Your Enthusiasm or um, Louis the show that will not be named Uh, (laughs) um, yeah Yeah. but um, it's the same sort of premise that we've seen with that of people playing fictionalised versions of themselves 
I, I think it's a tried and tested formula, very much lives or dies on the personality of the comedian taking the lead role. I think Jim Jeffries is a perfectly good person to do this sort of comedy. He's wonderfully strange. I think it could be quite interesting, but I'd be happy enough to watch that, I think. I think that's that's an interesting one. Uh, the last one in terms of the ones that have been kicked to next year is called another comedy. It's called Someone Out There. Stars Ryan Hansen from Veronica Mars and Amy Carrero from The Village as Derek and Chloe, two set in their ways adults who are challenged by very unexpected strangers to become the best versions of themselves in order to find love and possibly each other. It's based on a Spanish series. Comes from Matt Hubbard, who was one of the guys involved in 30 Rock, along with Josh Seagal and Dylan Morgan, who wrote The Good Place and 30 Rock. Also stars Neil Casey from Avenue 5 and uh, Kima Behuma from Atypical. Is the premise I'm kind of a bit, eh, whatever, but the fact it's got people from 30 Rock and The Good Place behind it, I would give it a watch purely based on that. I think the, the premise sounds reasonably interesting. I think they could go some. They could go somewhere with that. We already know that because it's based on a show. So I guess it's a question of how the Americans will take to it. Yeah, and because there was that was it that the Baker the Beauty or something like that where oh, they yeah, were cancelled recently. Yeah, and that was That's, based on that a, was huge in Israel or something. Yeah, yeah, that was based on a, on an import series as well. So yeah, I mean, I, I think some things work, some things don't. But I I yeah. think I mean the, Homeland was based on a, yeah, uh, yeah. Israel, Israel Israeli show. series. So yeah, sometimes yeah. it works. Yeah, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I think purely based on the people that are behind it, I, I'd be just interested to see what that's like. So that's 10 of them. The last two, still both in contention and may get pickups without any more work being done on them. There's one called Debris, which we mentioned last week, and the other called the La Brea. Both of these are genre shows. They are at various different points. Debris had already shot a load of footage before the shutdown, so... Yeah could get picked up purely based on the stuff that they had actually shot. La Brea hadn't shot anything, but NBC did order a bunch of additional scripts. So that's usually a fairly positive side that there is some interest in it. So Debris stars Ryan Steele from Holby City and uh, Jonathan Tucker from Westworld and City on a Hill. They play an MI6 agent and a CIA agent. They're from different continents, obviously, because one's British and one's American. Two different mindsets who work together Together to investigate when a wreckage from destroyed alien spacecraft has a mysterious effect on humankind. Very, very X-Files as far as I can tell so far. The MI6 agent played by Steele is the rule follower while Tucker's character is the sort of headstrong, smart operative who is the CIA guy and he's the one that's sort of investigating the strange occurrences. So it is pretty much sounding like X-Files by another name at this point. Yeah, sounds right. The thing that this has going for it for me as well it comes from J.H. Wyman who was a writer on Fringe and the creator of Almost Human I think purely based on that because Almost Human it's tragic that that didn't go further than it did that show was awesome that show was awesome and I was really annoyed that that didn't go further than it did he also wrote on Fringe as well which was a phenomenal phenomenal series I love Fringe so if anybody can pull this off I think it's him it does sound very X-Files and that's not necessarily a bad thing. As Beck sort of said last week, it does kind of hinge on what this mysterious effect that it's having on humankind is. Yes, it does. Because the rest of the premise is basically X-Files. Interesting and I would be intrigued to see more of that. It also reminds me of a show that got cancelled out the one season called Threshold. Right, okay. It was a very similar thing in that I think someone somewhere found some what looks like pieces of a craft or something and it's hidden in a bunch of experts and they're affected by it. Um, it had Brent Spider was one of them. Right, okay. Yeah, vague recollection of that. The other series, La Brea, we talked a bit about last week and does sound a zoo level of silly to me. It's the show that sees a massive sinkhole open up in the centre of Los Angeles, which tears the Castillo family in half, separating the mother, played by Natalie Z from Justified in the Following. Oh, yeah, I know that is, yeah. Uh, and uh, son from their father, played by Michael Raymond James, who who was in Once Upon a Time in True Blood and the daughter. So it basically splits this family up. The part of the family, presumably the part that falls into the hole, find themselves in an unexplained 
primeval world alongside a district group of strangers. They must work to survive and uncover the mystery of where they are and if there is a way back home. I mean, it sounds like a very, very silly premise. It does. I kind of want to see it, though. I think that it could, could be quite that sounds fun. Like a, that sounds like a summer show to me. Yeah, it does. It completely sounds like a summer show to me. It sounds stupid and ridiculous, but it's strangely appealing to watch. John Sader is one of the people in the cast as well from Chicago PD. You've got uh, Rita Angel Taylor from Sunnyside Up, Katrina Lowe from NCIS Los Angeles, Angel Parker from Runaways, Catherine Dent from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Veronica St. Clair from 13 Reasons Why. So there's a few other people in there. There's a few faces that you might recognize. Assuming these people are all still attached by the time they actually get round to, you know, if it gets picked up and all that sort of stuff. Because obviously with that, they've not actually shot anything. It will very much yeah. depend on oh, whether that goes. Okay. Both Debris and La Brea are still said to be in contention. They've not been dropped. Debris has shot some stuff. La Brea hasn't shot anything, but had an additional script order, so they wanted to see more scripts. That possibly means that La Brea could get picked up without them actually filming anything, or they may still want to shoot a pilot for it, but we don't know at the moment. So they're still in a little bit in limbo, but those two may still emerge sooner rather than later. Anything particular there? jump out at you as things that you definitely want to see? I would probably put La Brea at the top. Yeah. Uh, when I then go Debris, those are the things that push out of me. I would try Crazy Fetus because I'm a big fan of Shelley Henning. I like what she did on Teen Wolf. Right, yeah. That's how I base a lot of my TV show choices. Oh, if the I'm actors. going to something, it's like, yeah, yeah if, if the actor has done something in the past, you think it's like, I would ironically watch Echo. Yeah. I mean, if, if Echo gets made, that that I will probably take a look at. I will look at the Landon, Langdon series as well. Well, uh, it very much depends on whether they try to bend it into a procedural with that. I would probably watch that as well, because Good. probably if I read the book, I would be a lot less likely to want to watch it. Yes, yeah. Because I try to stay away from things now. Yeah, adaptations. I do like the sound of Debris. I do like the sound of La Brea as well. I think La Brea sounds wonderfully silly. Jeffrey's the um, Jim Jeffries comedy. Out of the ones that they have ordered pilots of, probably Langdon maybe Ordinary Joe just because I like the cast that was involved but yeah. I'm not big on any of the comedies particularly other than um, American Auto was that the one that you should like sound off American Auto does look interesting and someone out there possibly purely because it's of the people behind it or people behind 30 Rock and The Good Place and oh. I rather like their humour so that could be interesting that's all the NBC stuff as I said the first five definitely ordered to pilot the second five have been booted to next season to potentially pilot and then those last two debris and la brea may or may not get picked up they're kind of in limbo at the moment because they've had some work done already outside of nbc apple have ordered a new comedy series this is called the after party and it's from chris miller and phil lord who i think most people will know as being the people behind the lego movie cloudy with a chance of meatballs a bunch of other things as well these guys are brilliant and they come up with some wonderfully strange things the after party is described as a murder mystery comedy set at a high school reunion after party each of the eight episodes will be a retelling of the same night through a different character's perspective each with their own unique visual format and film genre to match the teller's personality so i do wonder if there's going to be a certain amount of animated stuff in there yeah i wonder if it's if it would be animated it doesn't sound like the whole thing's going to be animated it may be a mix of both yeah. of them uh what was it they did one called son of zorn which was a mix of animated and live action and i do wonder whether maybe there is a oh what's that that weird he-man looking guy yes yes the weird he-man looking guy they were involved as exact producers on that so i don't know maybe there's certain amount of that so it doesn't specifically say whether it is animated or live action but it could be some sort of mix of genres miller is serving as creator and showrunner and exact produce while lord is also exec producing so it seems it's it's miller pretty much driving it they of course shot to fame as the directors of the wonderfully silly cloudy with a chance of meatballs then lego movies uh, they were exec producers on spider-man into the spider-verse they wrote and produced on how i met your mother last man on earth son of zorn they were attached to the solo movie before they got scared yeah, before disney got rather scared and kicked them off and replaced them with ron howard um so yeah i still would have loved to have seen that solo movie with them in charge but 
I mean, they're a really interesting duo. And uh, the fact that Apple have picked up this series, I, and I quite like the premise as well, the idea that it's a sort of eight stories of the same night, but told from different perspectives. So you get different yeah. bits revealed. Each, it does each sound week. quite interesting. Yeah. So that sounds like it could be quite good fun. I think that could be interesting. That's one to look out for. Don't know when that's going to land, but obviously it's probably not going to be until at least next year before we see that. Lastly, Cobra Kai, the Karate Kid sequel TV series that has found a new home. It is no longer going... Well, I don't want to say it's no longer going to be on YouTube, but we'll get into that. Um, It is going to be on Netflix, though, all three seasons of it. So that's the two seasons that have gone out and the upcoming third season will be on Netflix. For those of you that don't know about Cobra Kai, it's set 30 years after the events of the All Valley Karate Tournament, where a now successful Daniel struggles to maintain and balance in his life without guidance of Mr. Miyagi and must face his previous adversary down and out Johnny who seeks redemption by reopening the infamous Cobra Kai Karate Dojo. I think I watched the first season of it. I haven't actually got around to watching the second but it is really good. It's great fun. It's an interesting sort of thing of not being a remake. It's got the original cast members back and they're playing older versions of those characters. It's seeing where they went. I really like it. The stunt work is brilliant in it we've interviewed the guys behind the uh the the husband and wife team called hero coda and janelle kuffman who were the uh stunt coordinators who were nominated for an emmy for that show it's just really solid and i'm quite glad that netflix have picked it up the reason that it's moved off youtube is youtube are moving away from doing scripted drama and they basically said if it stays here we'll air the third season because you've made it but that'll be it and they wanted the ability That's to try and yeah they basically told them in advance if you stay on the platform we're not going to pay you to make any more of it and they said well can we go and sell it to somebody else and they said yes so that's basically what happened and that's why it's moving off YouTube and onto Netflix Um, and the agreement sees the first two seasons moving across onto Netflix I'm not sure whether the first two seasons are staying on YouTube as as well I, I don't know that may be the case it's not entirely Highly clear. I don't know what that that deal was, but certainly all three seasons will be on Netflix. It won't be a case of watching half on YouTube and then Netflix for the third season. So um, it, it will have all three seasons on there. We don't know when the third season. In fact, we don't know when any of them are actually moving over yet. But I'm sure there will be a big announcement when they do. Uh, we certainly they, they're going to drop the first and second season on first, and then the third season is going to go on. So yeah, I would definitely say go watch this if you haven't seen it yet. Have you watched any of this? No, it is. No really appeal to me if you're sort of certainly if you're my sort of age then uh, you know have fond memories of the original it is worth going to watch I really enjoyed it it was great fun like I say a lot of the stunt work is really good and I'm glad that they've got home on Netflix because they might be able to bump up the budget a bit as well and do more stuff with it so uh, really really solid we'll let you know when that makes the move over all we know at the moment is it is moving over at some point So that's it for the news this week. Next up, we have highlights for next week on TV. Not many shows coming next week, but we have got some big, interesting ones. The biggest one probably being Penny Dreadful City of Angels, which comes to Sky Atlantic on the 1st of July at 9pm. This is a a sort of follow-up sequel-ish, kind of, to the original Penny Dreadful series. It's got no direct connection as far as I'm aware, but it's set in 1938 Los Angeles. So if you like the original Penny Dreadful, this will be an interesting new take for you to look at. But that's coming on the 1st of July to Sky Atlantic and Natty V at 9pm. Then we have Warrior Nun, which we mentioned last week. That's the new series from based on the comic book. That's from Ghost Wars and continuing creator Simon Barry. That comes on the 2nd of July about a kick-ass demon fighting nun. And uh, you've got season two of Hannah. That comes to Amazon Prime on the 3rd of July. Also on the 3rd of July, I just wanted to mention Hamilton. The musical is coming to 
Disney Plus, which I am stupidly excited about because I can never afford or have time to go and get tickets to see it. And it's a full recording version of the stage show. It's brilliant and uh, the music is brilliant. So I'm really looking forward to being able to watch that. But 3rd of July, that's coming to Disney Plus. That's Hamilton. And then Nosferatu season two of that comes to AMC in the UK on the 7th of July. That's uh, the obviously a supernatural thriller based on the book by Joe Hill. And that's everything for this week, unless you've got anything else you want to mention. No, that's all I recommend. As you just mentioned, Simon Barry, that one season of Ghost Wars, that's an amazing show. If you like, really? if you like, horror, if you like horror films, fairly gruesome ones with a bit of a story, it's a great show. I really enjoyed Continuum as well, so I will give Warrior yeah. Nana a try, definitely. So, since you've not been on for a while, you've started another podcast. I have indeed. So, I write for Hollywood News Source, and I've started a podcast. It's called The Source. And you can find it on anchor.fm, source HNS, or one word. We're up to six episodes now. So far, we've talked about a few movies, a few TV shows. We've talked about the film Bit, which stars Nicole Maines from Supergirl. Mm-hmm. We've talked about the half of it, that Netflix interesting take on Cyrano de Bergerac, which I recommend. Last episode was a special Pride Month celebration where we talked about LGBT ships that we saw light and that really appealed to us. And we talked about Stargirl in episode for the pilot cool. to, give, to give people an idea of what to expect good so yeah go and check that out on uh, Anchor FM that sounds like a good thing to go and look at and they can find your writing over at Hollywood News Source as well indeed they can so go and check that out of course for other people that are involved with the podcast you can check out Bex on twitch.com forward slash Trista Bites that's Bites with a Y who is streaming pretty much daily around lunchtime and is also streaming various evenings so uh, go and check her out her stream are hilariously funny and uh, she's got a scream stream where she streams alien isolation and it's absolutely hilarious because you can set off things that make her squeal a lot and it's just very very funny you can also go and check out Matt over at Entertainment Talk for a lot more podcasts over there as well that's entertainmenttalk.org for us you can go to geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information we've also added a new feature a never miss feature on the website so if you go onto the website if you go to any of the tv show pages you can now put your email address in at the bottom of the tv show page and you will get an email alert when that is updated with a confirmed air date in the uk as well so uh, you can you can go and do that um now sky haven't got a never miss feature that they used to have they ditched it so uh we came up with that as a replacement so you can go and find that go to the website at geektown.co.uk if you want to get in touch with your questions and comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk you can leave a message on the website post find us at geek town on twitter at facebook at facebook.com forward slash geek town at youtube at youtube.com forward slash geek town and on instagram at geek town uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye bye When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.